The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, don't you mean Sarah Ferguson from Horse and Howe magazine? I'm here for the exclusive interview. Um, Jessica, what do you feel about the horses in this podcast? Um, I appreciate that there weren't too many because Winston would have barked at them. There were just enough horses. Um, we did see about six hounds. Yeah, how many um, hounds? Could between, have used more hounds. Between the three of us, we have uh, three hounds plus one coming very soon. But by the so time that hounds. the listeners are hearing this podcast, there will be four hounds. There will be a hound. That guests, that or that, excuse me, that listeners is a guest, a returning guest, an amazing guest. We've had her on once before. Um, we knew we were going to be doing Julia Roberts month and we were like, oh, let's do Notting Hill. And then Sarah was like, why don't you reach out to Deidre? And I did. And Deidre was immediately like, yes, all caps. I'm there. I love this movie. So welcome, Deidre, to the podcast. Thank you. Yes, I do love this movie. And I did also live in London. And this movie is very nostalgic for me for multiple reasons. I, You know what I was thinking when I was watching the movie? If nothing else, like even if somebody didn't like this movie, at all right and like didn't really enjoy it at least it's a very good location based movie yeah yeah it's not a new york movie it's mm -hmm. not like a california movie it is a very london movie it's a very london movie just like how you've got mail is a very upper (sighs) west side movie this is a very specific neighborhood in london too but yes yeah i did to dig into that i've never i've never been to england so have you been to notting hill area of london I have. So I lived in um, what was technically considered North London, but is kind of geographically Northeast. And 
Notting Hill is in West London. Uh, West London is more of the posh part of London. And East London is more of the cool part of London. So where is Hugh Grant from? Is he from the posh part? Because I feel like when he talks, he sounds like he's from the posh part. He's He's from White City, London. I don't know what neighborhood he White City, London. White City. I have no idea. I mean, that's in the East. Yeah. Oh, it sounds a little posh if you ask me. (laughs) Uh, It is a white city. So, but um, Notting Hill, the neighborhood is, as this movie says, is very famous for the Portobello Road Market, which Mm -hmm. is, it's a massive market. Like it's one of the biggest markets, like land wise that I've ever been to. It's just so sprawling um, and just antiques everywhere out on the street, inside, like the some of these storefronts are only open on market days where there's literally one day a week that you can go in and shop in these oh, antique wow. stores. Yeah. It's, it's rare. Wild. So yeah, there's enough foot traffic on this one day a week, every week that they can make rent in one of the most expensive neighborhoods wow. in London. That's wild to think about because I recently visited Seattle and we did like Pike Place Market, which to me felt sprawling, massive, like multiple stories, lots of stores, but they were open. I mean, they're open all the time. I can't imagine only being open. Like imagine how crowded it must be on that single day that they are open. Yeah. London has like a really historic uh, like market culture. Um, Every neighborhood has a market every week. Um, And then there are a lot of markets that have been there for like hundreds of years. Um, Like Borough Market is a famous one that a lot of people go to that has all food. Um, Portobello Road Market, as we said, has a lot of antiques. There's also the Columbia Road Flower Market that's just all flowers. Um, There are like some really cool specialty markets. Um, And then there's just lots of, you know, great food stalls and uh, farm fresh produce and stuff like that at at a lot of neighborhood markets too. See, now I want to visit this place, but I feel like due to the, you know, box office hit Notting Hill, it would be like packed with I mean it's 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 a 1999 we didn't even introduce the movie Notting Notting Hill 1999 <laughs> this is the movie that we watched Notting <laughs> Hill. So Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant um I feel like after the success of the film like it would still be busy not as busy as it was probably in like 2000 and 2001 and all those years but um I feel like it still would probably be a pretty crowded place nowadays yeah so Notting Hill is definitely a neighborhood where during non-market days, it's like a completely different neighborhood. And that's most of yeah. the times that I've been there. Um, Notting Hill is also famous for Notting Hill Carnival, which is like similar to like Rio de Janeiro Carnival. Like it's, um, oh. but it's mostly um, the like Afro-Caribbean um, mm-hmm. people there that are celebrating rather than like the uh, Brazilian people. So but it's very popular um, carnival. It's like shuts down all the streets. You like have to get off at a uh, an underground stop, like three stops away, and walk. That's once a once a year. So Holy that's crap, really that's crazy. Intense. But yeah, I used yeah. to do pub trivia in a, in a pub in Notting Hill um, every Sunday night with some of my friends. So have oh, fond memories fun. of this neighborhood. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, like we see a couple different. I I love the scenes that we're just seeing, like Hugh Grant just like walking around. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's beautiful scenery, beautiful imagery in the movie. 
Um, but yeah, Sarah and I, Sarah, we hadn't seen this movie um, before today. No. Or did you, we watched it actually like the same time this morning somehow. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> I don't know how, but we like literally turned on the movie around the same time because Jessica sent me, well, sent Deidre and I a like a, a screenshot of like or like a picture of what she was watching. And I was like, literally shut up. And then I sent her back, and it was the same scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah. crazy. I don't know how that happens. Especially considering how long this movie is. It's very rare that we would be on the it's same a spot. two-hour and change movie, right? Here's and the thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like two hours, it. four minutes, and it does it does feel like a long movie. I love um, this I, movie. I've seen it a dozen times, but every single time I watch it, I'm like, how is there still an hour left in this movie? I think the problem with with the length of the film is like with a rom-com, I don't it doesn't need to be 2 hours. Like if you're a rom-com, cap it out at an hour 45. Even that's kind of pushing it. I feel like solid hour and a half is the perfect time for a rom-com. I yeah. feel like I've like a beaten a dead horse. I've said this so many times on so many podcasts. But it's it's unnecessary to have two hours, especially when like you get to like the part where there's like an hour left and you're like, wait a minute. They, they're they together, though. Like we did. Like, what else do you have to say? <laughs> um, and actually, I have figured out how to fix the movie and cut <gasps> out 10 minutes. Beautiful. What, what are we cutting? So um, when we get to the point where Hugh Grant goes to um, the press conference and she goes <clears throat> and they go like, oh, how long are you going to stay um, in England or yeah. London? Mm-hmm. And she says indefinitely, cut to black. Yeah, cut oh, we don't the end. Yeah. We don't like the scene with them in the park. I don't need it. I don't need I mean, it. it's great. But it I don't think we need the wedding. Cut it I, don't, I, think, I think we cut the wedding out. I think we cut the wedding and we don't care that she, I mean, we care that she's pregnant, I suppose. But like. I want to know about his friend. Did she ever get pregnant? Like, I don't give a shit but we don't about know if that Julie anyway. Roberts is pregnant. What? We don't know that anyway. But that's what I'm saying. Why am I caring if she's pregnant? Because the only thing I'm thinking about, and I don't know what this kind of person this makes me, the only thing I'm thinking about is like, oh my God, I hope that like his friend is okay because like she wanted to be pregnant and like it must be hard if this girl's pregnant and she's not. You know what I mean? It's the only thing happening in my mind. <sighs> I don't care. I mean, this is it's about like the love story between Will and Anne, Anna, Anne, Anna. It's the most white names Anna? ever, Anna. Yeah. It's um, Anna and Anna William Scott is like the most white red name I've yeah. ever heard. Anna Scott and William Thacker. If yeah. not for Thacker, he's very generic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Which we don't even know his name half the movie. As, as much as like the friends is is great. The friends were definitely like Great supporting roles. It's a great ensemble cast, but I don't care. All it's the love. It's about the love story. Maybe we need less friend. Maybe I don't know. Need to know about his friends' issues. Um, I think you know what it is. So cut, cut out some out. of the friends. Cut we out. don't need all the friends. We don't yeah, need the friend with the failing restaurant. I, I don't think we need alternate, him. Alternate uh, suggestion for how we fix this movie. Okay, amazing. We turn it into a mini series. Yes, this yeah. movie oh was over two hours long. So many get together, break up, get together, break up, get together, etc. The final cut of this movie apparently was three and a half hours long, according How? to IMDb. They cut 90 minutes, which is an entire other movie, just to get this down 
to a release cut. So this this should be you're a telling me they recorded all of another hour and a half of footage. Probably what more. A waste of everyone's time. Yes. Like, if I'm Julia Roberts or Hugh Grant, I'm like, the fuck did I just waste all my time doing if you're going to chop the movie in half? Like, it just, there were so many things we could cut out in this. Like, I just think, cut out the friend who's has a failing restaurant. Like, I don't care about him. Leave in the kooky sister because she's bonkers. Oh, she's we nuts. Need to, we need to get into the roommate situation because, oh my goodness. Spike is and also then, nuts. I kind of, like, I think that, I think you're right, Deidre. If we do this into a miniseries, you know what we could do? You know what we could do? We could get an entire episode. Um, I don't know if anybody has seen, um, what is it called? The Raven Quest? Mm. Uh, the Mythic, Mystic Quest. Ra- Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, that one. Mm. I have not um, seen it. So there's an episode of that show that is like removes you from where you are like in time with the normal characters. And it has an entire character based episode on like two characters we've never met before. And I feel like this show, this as a miniseries could pull that off with the the friends that are trying to conceive, right? The husband and wife, the woman who's in the wheelchair. And I think that we could get an entire mini so like if it's a mini series an entire episode just focused on them and that would absolve because it's like a little a little character heavy i think like there's so many people but we don't really know there's a lot of people there's a lot going on there's a lot of plot but i think somebody else in this universe had the same idea that i did because there was a show that came out on hbo max this past year called starstruck that Uh stars Rose Matafeo, who you might be familiar with from Taskmaster Season 9. I love Rose. She's amazing. She's so good, and she's so good in this. I think she might have been uh, a writer on this show as well. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but Starstruck is basically – it is a miniseries, and it's basically reverse Notting Hill. So So the man is famous? mm -hmm, The man is famous, which I guess is the more standard – like yeah. gender norm power structure. I do like that in Notting Hill, they do buck a lot of gender norms. Um, but Starstruck is so well done. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go and watch it right now. So many things on my list for HBO to watch currently. Like I need to catch up on Insecure. And then I'll also put that episode, that show on my list. But um, let's get into, I guess let's get into the cast a little bit. We're going to definitely bounce around because this movie is just a whole lot. Um, but obviously the reason we're here, Julia Roberts, it's Julia Roberts month. Um, she plays, we said the main character and one of the main characters, Anna, um, interesting character. Like I kind of vibed with her. I really love when she told off those jerks in the restaurant. Like that was one of those yes queen moments. Um, apparently I feel that like moment you- was not scripted. That was the one scene that made it into this final two hours plus that was not in the script. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, here, go ahead. You can uh <laughs> this. Um I liked I liked Julie Roberts in this film. I think that she's a little bit I didn't get as much personality from her as I feel like we usually do. Sarah, tell me if you disagree that I feel like usually I guess I view her as more of like that like Tinkerbell like in hook kind of like feisty. Um and I feel like Anna Scott isn't necessarily feisty in this film. No, she's a little vanilla, but um, <clears throat> it's most of I, her lines are just the word no or yes. So I kind of get where you're going with this. Yeah. I mean, I think that she does a good job like 
kind of being mysterious and intriguing and she kind of has like she's not like what a typical like she's supposed to be the most famous actress in the world right now and she doesn't have that typical like demanding like prima donna attitude that you would expect an extremely um, famous person to have and you got to think like she's playing an actress who's one of the most famous actresses in the world while being one of the famous most famous actresses in the world like yeah this is like the height of julia roberts a month after this film came out runaway bride came out um and she kind of just like ruled the 90s so like who better would understand the struggles of being the most famous woman in the world better than Julia Roberts in 1999. So I feel like in that regard, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And Anna herself is interesting because she kind of just wants to live a normal life. But she gets like... Obviously, being a celebrity is very taxing on her. She mm-hmm. is exhausted by the paparazzi. She yeah, the real is, villain of this movie is really celebrity I mean, culture and paparazzi. Uh, absolutely. And especially, like, I've heard a billion times before that um, England's paparazzi are particularly venomous. So, mm-hmm. um, Especially they, in the 90s. Yeah, they have zero chill at all they are literally demons that write stories on everybody except for the queen because the queen and the paparazzi are um our best friends they go hand in hand and actually if you don't know this the queen invites the uh the paparazzi and like the media to the castle for a ball and this is like a yearly thing and it's like an arrangement between the two of them because they need each other isn't that crazy but what they don't care about the paparazzi is young women in their 20s (laughs) that um are in the public eye they don't care about that at all actually so um yeah particularly venomous um and we also see her struggle with um I don't like with things getting out, like whether it be stories Mm -hmm. about her or um, pictures. And once again, this goes back to the media and 90s media. So um, we get we get her stressed. Um, I think that she's like very distressed about the fact that she cannot live a private life. Yeah. Yeah. Her private life can never stay private. And it's interesting because. It's like, yeah, she makes all this money. I mean, I mean, this is very... uh, uh, She makes all this money. And you'd think she'd be happy. But, like, no. Because her fame comes with body image issues and body image expectations. Mm -hmm. And not being able to be private at all. And also just, like, being constantly scrutinized for literally everything. Mm -hmm. She says that, like, I'm waiting... I I really liked the scene where they all are... Like, uh, this is at... um, this is at William's uh, sister's birthday party mm-hmm. and very early on in the movie. And they're all like trying to get the last brownie or something. And they yeah, have to tell like, the saddest their, story. Spilling their baggage, I would like to yeah, say. Yeah, to get a brownie. It seems as <laughs> though they're the sad sack. Yeah. yeah. And Julia Roberts or Anna Scott is because she basically can't live a normal life. She is always scrutinized. She's not been able to eat a single 
piece of food that she's like wanted to eat in like what 10 years she's had to have work done who knows if I mean if you want to get work done like by all means whatever you want to do to make yourself feel like your best self I am all for but like the way she verbalizes it makes it seem like I needed to get a nose job or I needed to get my chin fixed in order to succeed in the business and I really like that aspect of the film like I like the the fact that we are diving deeper into this like she's not just some um narcissistic you know all about me celebrity um there's layers there and you kind of wonder that's why I think Deidre your your miniseries idea would be great because like kind of wonder like what happened early on in her career Mm -hmm. and and, you know how all that led to her being this person here yeah by the time I we see her we meet her I think that she's completely over being actress I feel like she's taking jobs that are probably cash cows or like Hollywood like the space one yeah (laughs) or like all of the movies that she's in especially like in the montage that starts off the movie with all of her film clips and the one that like all the ones that they kind of like watch periodically through the movie they all look like absolutely horrible horrible movies yeah until the one that she's shooting at the end yeah i'm thinking like it's like independence day or like huge money maker hollywood movies that are blockbusters but are not fulfilling like these are not going to win her oscars but they're like huge movies that will make a ton of money and they use her her celebrity name to get people into theaters so that's kind of how i envision it um, but yeah, like she's seems as though she's completely checked out from her acting career. And it's just like she's going through the motions at this rate. So meeting somebody like William at a bookstore who barely recognizes her, like I think he does recognize her, but not so much as like like he the guy that was her trying like to a real person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like the guy that was treating Rufus. That- the audacity of Rufus, the man who tries to steal a book by putting it down his trousers, getting caught, and then offering her his number. Yeah. Do you want my number? The audacity of that period. And then having already been caught for having a book down his trousers. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, like, he asked her for, like, an autograph as well. Yeah. So it's, like... You know, that's kind of what she runs into all the time. But yeah, William, played by Hugh Grant, treats her like a human and treats her like the the normal person that she aspires to be, to have a mm-hmm. normal life. Yeah, I think that, I mean, shifting into talking about William a little bit, I think like I I don't have any problems with Hugh Grant. I generally tend to like him in movies he's in, like um in Love Actually. I kind of love his his nonsense character. At least the dancing. The dancing is what kills me. Um, but to me, like William is a little too milk toasty. Like he's a little bit on the boring side. We don't know. I mean, let's be honest. Like the most interesting thing about William is his nonsense weirdo roommate Spike. Um, that is the by far the most interesting thing about him and his sister. Like he's just yeah. like the boring one of the family. Yeah, like what's to say about you when you're the the most interesting thing about you is your friends. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say much. He's a little on the boring I mean, side. I mean, come on, he owns a travel bookstore that doesn't sell regular books. Yeah, just very niche. travel books. 
No wonder he's not doing well. Like he has like prime real estate, and this is the business you choose to be in. Well, this and not based only that, off of a real travel bookstore. Oh yikers! But, but I just think that there used to not be the internet in the nineties. Just saying, you used to have to actually buy I travel guess books. That's fair, but I feel like that is so niche, even for the nineties. Like just have a bookstore. Like it doesn't need to be just travel books. Like that's so specific. Did you guys get flashbacks of PTSD when like? The one of the first scenes in this movie is like the bookshop owner and the bookshop uh, <laughs> attendant it's not doing well, doing like financial like number crunching. Yes. I yeah. I swear to God, I had PTSD. Yeah, I was I'm, like, so help me God, if this is you've got mail again or not, you've got mail. <laughs> no, yeah, you've got mail. You've got mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If it's that again, I quit. <laughs> it's much <laughs> quit better. The podcast. You've got mail, and it actually holds up. I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I want to know like what's a more successful store, the shop around the corner or Williams Travel Bookstore. I mean, children's books is also a niche that mm-hmm. I would expect to be very popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, so, again, very expensive real estate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For someone who's not doing well, who not only is not doing well, not selling anything, but has an employee he has to pay. That one employee, employee is one versus... of the weirdest people in, in this movie as well. Yeah. Uh, in a movie full of weird people. The employee, Martin, is that his name? He's nuts. <laughs> the only normal people are the two main characters. And it's kind of like, okay, but can we set them aside? Because I need to explore Spike. Like, can we just, let's, like, it's a two-hour movie. I should know a lot more about Spike and his weird uh, dressing habits than I do. If this movie um, were made today, it would not be like this. Like, the two no. main characters would not be this, like, cookie cutter. And there would be more time spent on the weirdos. But speaking yeah, or of they Spike's wouldn't wardrobe, even be there. Did you yes. guys notice the I Love Blood shirt that is very appropriate for the day in which we are actually recording this podcast? <laughs> yeah, it is Halloween. We're recording a little bit early because Deidre is expecting a puppy um, very shortly. And we all know life with a puppy is chaos. Chaos um, and loud yips. Yes. Um, so we are recording this early. But yeah, the, the T-shirts. And I knew like this is how I know I'm a rom-com person. When he put on that shirt that was like, you're the most beautiful woman in the world, which, by the way, is very creepy for a first date. Also to wear that. a weird T-shirt. For it's sure. very weird. And wasn't it a blind date? Or I maybe don't even not. remember. But regardless, it's a yeah, weird shirt to regardless. wear unless <laughs> unless you like are dating that no, person. No, not even still. unless you are dating that person. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you're right. It's, there it's are very shirt. few people in this world who, even if like they they were married to their spouse, would enjoy their spouse wearing a shirt that said like "You are the most beautiful person in the world." Yes, yeah, Sarah. How do you feel about this? You like a good compliment. How would you feel if Drew had this shirt and wore it? No, it's weird. I want to know public. who's this. Who's the shirt for? Who made the shirt? Who bought the shirt? No, it's not it. Yeah. This um, is like the prototype of like one weirdo in a basement with a cricket machine. Yes. What Before did the back say? Want to fuck? Yeah. yeah. It was like that. Want to fuck? That's it. And I question was like, mark. has this ever worked for you? Like that's Definitely my question not. when I see shirts like that. It's like, has that worked? I mean, I guess it worked on his sister, which... I can't even begin to start on her. Um, But yeah, like his shirts, his outfits in general. My question is like, 
Okay, I think that we don't necessarily need the backstory, but I assume William is doing so poorly with his business and the high rent of where he lives that once his like partner cheated on him, moved out, lived with his best friend or whatever, he's like, I can't afford this rent. I have to get a roommate. Did he just like go on Craigslist? Did Craigslist exist in 1999? Where did he find it, like the newspaper, Jessica? Oh, the God. local newspaper. Oh, yeah. He took an ad out at the, the local news. Yeah, the penny saver. Um, and that's how he found the roommate. But yeah, he's not just a roommate. He's a lodger. So he pays rent. Normally, when people have lodgers, they don't just like share their space like a I'm roommate. confused. What is the difference between a lodger and a roommate? Is this like a, a London thing or is this like an everywhere thing? Um, I mean... There's definitely some nuance there that I'm maybe not the right person for, but it's definitely like when when you are the landlord and you also like are living there, I think it can be considered a lodger. But oh, oh it's like oh, I didn't right. This isn't an apartment or, a, or excuse me, a flat. This is a house. Yeah. So he owns the house and used to own it with his ex-wife, but then she moved out. And he needed the money, the rental income, so he uh, got a lodger. I mean, it's also, it's a lot of house for just one person, so. Fair mm-hmm. enough, but it seems like fucking, why do I want to call him Stink? What is his name? Spike. Spike? <laughs> Stink? Stink. Spike Stink was maybe stinky. worse than no roommate. He takes up so much of the space with his own shit. It is like honestly concerning and gave me anxiety to look at that house and how like packed it was with crap. Yes. Um and definitely spikes. Yeah. Caught and, and caused this issue. And William just seems so buttoned up that like he would have thought that like this mess would have like really irked him. I I'm a I'm very surprised this arrangement lasted longer than like a week because I feel as though William is like an adult man that is very mature and like I guess he's desperate for the money because Spike must have been the only option yeah because you would be like oh this is not working out yeah, he's terrible. Uh, he's played by, good God, this guy's name, R- Riz Ifans? Reese? Reese. Reese. R-H-Y-S. Reese. That's Reese? Okay. Reese Ifans. Yeah. Um, yeah, very eclectic, eccentric kind of guy. Um, he ends up with, at the end, um, William's sister. Honey. Who is. Honey honey she is a whole other character because i got confused when the movie first started and i thought that the girl the the woman in the wheelchair i thought that was his sister but no it's honey who's completely bonkers like lost her mind like what does she even say to anna when she first meets her it's like well she walks in on her that we would be best friends like She's just, she's very, uh, she comes on a little strong to Anna, if you ask Hmm. me. Whatever the opposite of William did, which is treat Anna like a normal person, Honey did the opposite. 
Yeah, honey, honey was a little excited. She's like me when I meet a celebrity. I get like all like weird and I say stupid shit and I'm just like I get like so out of sorts when I meet somebody famous. That's why it's better for me to just like stand back and not say anything to a celebrity at all. But she is like, yeah, very excited to meet her. She walks in on her in the restroom. It's like. It's it's but I mean, it's endearing in a way. And I think that Anna takes it with stride and she feels very welcome in her home. So um, I think like that first meeting was very successful, like meeting all these friends, especially yeah. considering this was like kind of like their first date, I suppose. So it's it's a it was a lot, but uh, it was successful. I thought it was so cute the way that when she's in the bathroom, they're all like freaking out, whispering, yeah. and then immediately when when William and Anna leave, they all scream, yeah, they all scream. and then they can hear them screaming from the street. Yeah, I feel like at that point Anna's like, well, at least they waited for me to leave to do it, right? Yeah. Like she's so used to this at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really like the friend aspect of the film. I really like it when you feel like I, I wish we got to know them a little bit more. Again, I don't want to add more things to this movie though. Um. <laughs> no. Take but, away. Take away. Less friends. Yeah. I just think we that, love like, them, that but was, we think probably they should be cut anyway. I just I just don't know why we need the guy with the restaurant. We already had so many other friends. Like we don't. don't the guy with the restaurant the... really only comes through at the end. I, well, it's there him. There had to have and... been another scene that was cut somewhere in the ninety minutes that yeah. they cut. There had to be because there's him and there's the guy who like ends up losing his job that like doesn't know who Anna is when he first meets her. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he could be cut, too, because I'm like, we don't need enough. There's too many generic white guys. Like, let's get rid of a few more, you know? Yeah. Um, There's nobody of color in this movie at all. No, of course not. London is a very diverse city and this movie is very white. Shows none of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think, so let's see. So we've talked a little bit about like the filming location and just one thing we haven't talked about yet is the, the scenes that actually take place in that location, especially the scene where they have, um, in between, so they've broken up or they're, they're not dating, whatever you want to call it. Um, and William is just kind of walking through town and this is the way they show a time passing is they have the different seasons change kind of around him as he's walking down the street. I really loved that element. That's the, like, the best, like, cinematic scene in this movie where, um, it's like one long tracking shot where he's just walking down Portobello Road through different weather, through the season. In the beginning, there's a woman who's pregnant, one of the shop stall, uh, sellers. And then at the end, yeah. it like focuses in on her and her baby. Um, really cute. I thought that was very well done as well. I liked it in a cinematic sense, too. It has the best scene with the best soundtrack of this movie by far. It's not even close. The only oh, part of the yeah. soundtrack that I enjoy. See, and this is where I disagree. Sarah, what did you think of the soundtrack? I thought it was pretty okay. I mean, we've got um, some Shania Twain, some Elvis Costello. Yeah, Ain't No Sunshine was the song yeah. in that particular scene, which obviously I agree with you, Deidre, the best song of the of the movie, like the best moment for music yeah. in the movie. But I really love, um, I don't know why, I think when I was like a teenager, I heard this song. I didn't hear it by 
Um, it's Ronan Keating is the one who sings it in this in this movie. But when you say nothing at all, I used to love that song. Um, and maybe that's why I'm a little bit more warm to the the soundtrack is because I really like that. And I think it plays a few times <coughs> in the movie. Love the song Blue Moon. The song um, Blue Moon they is in that. it. They sing it along. I think really my main uh, gripe with this is just that that she song by Elvis Costello that plays literally three times in this it's movie. Too many times. <laughs> it's too many times. Yeah, I the agree The song with that. is too like slow and windy, uh, whiny. If you're a big Elvis Costello stan... Uh, do not at me. The song is just—it's it, one time max. It's not a three time song. It's I like they like ran Elvis... out of money for the soundtrack, and we're just like, oh, they yeah, probably play that did. Song yeah, again. play that song one more time. Yeah, I mean, they probably paid a lot of money, and they were like, "We're gonna get our money's worth out of this yeah. song. Yeah, we're use this one." Yeah, yeah. I always think of Elvis Costello in um, Austin Powers. That's like kind of like I don't know. It was a cameo. Whatever. Uh, so, no, I thought that was the music was was fine. Just I don't know. I it's not like I dislike this movie. I just I think I just nothing this movie. Wow. This movie in general, you're saying the sound. Yeah. Yeah. OK. You were. Whelmed. I don't. I honestly by this movie. that is kind of how I feel as well, Sarah. Like, I feel like. I like bits of it. Bits like there it. were certain parts that I was like, I like these bits. Some of it's funny. But some of here's my problem with it, though. When something is billed to me as a rom-com, I am expecting like a 50-50 rom-com, right? There's this more is rom way more 80-20. Yeah. There's way more rom than com. It is like 80-20. And so every time I'm like, well, where where's the comedy, though? Like, I'm like waiting for the funny moments. And there weren't as many as I would have liked. And if I'm sitting down for two hours for a rom-com, com, then I want more com. Yeah. And I just don't feel like it had enough comedy for me to enjoy it that much. And it, it was very... You can feel it's like slowness. So like I don't mind a two hour movie if it feels like, wow, I can't believe it's already over. But like you could feel the slow bits in this film and kind of the quiet bits. And like that's for some people. Not always for me. Um, I agree. I'm kind of whelmed by the movie. My favorite part that was funny was the press junket where he he worked. He said that he had he worked for Horse and Hound magazine. Yes. And then he like got into that interview with um Anna and then he's like okay we have a date later tonight no problem and then he gets dragged to like all the other actors mm -hmm. that are like clearly know that he's never seen the movie before and he has to like interview them as if he has <laughs> as if he has yeah yeah and he's like so oh good. have you ever related to like the robot or like um the the girl where he was like is this your first movie and she's like it's my 22nd movie did you guys um, recognize that girl i did not but of course mm -hmm. i recognized the name yeah it's uh marissa from the oc Mar um yeah, Misha Barton. Oh, yeah, Misha, Misha Barton. Barton. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. As a tiny child, she was in this movie. Who knew? Wild. Yeah, that was so. Um, I I liked. I really liked that scene, and I liked the callback at the end to the horse and hound like magazine. That was yeah. very funny. Um, there was like at times where I like literally laughed out loud. Uh, but yeah, no, there was like not a ton of calm. 
I think it's I think it's Spike probably that he like causes me, the most. He doesn't laughs. make me laugh. I don't not I, the part where he walks out in no. his like what? skinny minis no, and like that's flexes. Not, that's not funny to me. Like Hugh Grant's dry British humor is funny to me. Like mm. seeing a creep in his small underpants is not funny <laughs> to me. I wrote down like I just I love the way um Hugh Grant says things in this movie like some of and I don't know if it's the dialogue or the way he says them or it's both but like spectacularly unfair I don't know why I just really <laughs> that line for me just like I don't know this because is spectacularly unfair some of the lines yeah. in this movie are very weird like they were written by a robot like <laughs> by the robot in the space film. Yes. So the the one line that I wrote down where I was just like, this is not a thing that humans say um, yeah. was um, at the end when she when he's at the film set for the um, for the old tiny movie, the period piece. And she yeah. says, there are things to say. Who says that? <laughs> Who talks like that? What, what is there to say? Yeah. Yeah, there's the, I I'm going to use that. There's things to say. There are things to say. That's like very the same realm. She also says, Je- give it to me in yards. Who knows yeah. things in yards except for football players? <laughs> Who knows distances it do, in it yards? Really doesn't Nobody make sense. knows yeah, yards. I'm very incredulous about this. Yeah, I thought that was weird, too, because then when that happened, I was like, do British people measure in yards? <laughs> they got not. Even <laughs> right, they use the, no, they call us the imperial system, yeah, right? And so they use the metric they system. They actually have half imperial and half metric, really. Oh, that's not confusing not at all. Not confusing at all. But, like, oh. just like none of us really know what a yard is or, like, oh, it's like, three conceptually, feet. I know that a yard is three feet, but, like, Measuring 20 yards, like I can't eyeball that. The only people who can are people who play football. That should be a Taskmaster thing where eyeball this many yards, you can't use a measuring device. Yeah. They've done (laughs) things like that, I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, No, you're right. Some of the dialogue is a bit strange. I just. Because I guess you could feel the chemistry between Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Like, it's, it's there. Um, but I think the problem is like, where is the passion? Like, I guess like the there only is none. passionate this movie scene. is very chaste. It is. Down, and maybe is that because it's British? <laughs> I don't know. I they like they were going for a PG thirteen rating, which like apparently this movie is PG thirteen. But like honestly, I yeah. think this movie is a little bit more PG than thirteen. Yeah, the only maybe it was the They don't even her, have open mouth kisses in this movie. It was very maybe, chaste. Maybe it was her bare back that gave it the thirteen. Oh yeah, her bare back. Bare back is just talking about her breasts race. instead yeah. of showing her breasts. Exactly. <laughs> so racy. Well, maybe it was the fact that I literally saw Spike's dick. Like literally saw it. I mean through the like, gray briefs, but you know yes, but it like, was there. You could see the outline of the penis. Yeah. Yeah. Spike is nuts, and you saw a little bit too much of Spike's nuts. There you go. And yet, his sister is in love with him and proposes to him publicly at a table without him realizing it. Without them even having ever dated either. What? It's just two crazy people proceeding on their crazy life together. 
who pitched this in the writer's room where they're like, okay, you know what? We have the wacky sister and the zany roommate or lodger. Let's get them together at the end. But like, let's not have Spike realize that's what's happening. <laughs> Sarah, let me, please tell me your thoughts. I just want to go back to the horse in the house <laughs> because it's my happy space. <laughs> it's where I feel the most comfortable. Yeah. I like the line. Any, any, she, he, William was talking about one, like, movies that she's done, and she goes, he goes, any horses in that one, or hounds for that matter, our readers are intrigued by both species, and then Anna goes, <laughs> takes place on a submarine. <laughs> yeah, all her movies are very specific, like, one is space, one, one is, is submarines, submarine. yeah, and she always is wearing wild wigs. Yeah. Did anybody else notice that? Would you guys believe it if I told you that um, my mom's house that I grew up on is very close to the Horses and Hounds scenic byway of Maryland? Wow. The total shock. Okay, I guess you don't believe it. (laughs) I don't believe it. Wait, this is a name of a road? Yeah. So Route... Why uh, did they name it from the movie? No. So... I mean the 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 magazine the fictional perhaps magazine Horses and Hounds which might be a real magazine <laughs> theoretically is basically just a magazine for like very rich people that do like horses like equestrian things and usually the hounds in that uh matter are like hunting dogs basically yeah. like all the shit that you see the queen do <gasps> on the crown Okay, I have information for you. Okay. Horse and Hound is the oldest equestrian weekly magazine of the United Kingdom. It's weekly. Its first edition. It's real. It's weekly. Its first edition was. <laughs> Who can get enough? Um, its first gonna, is this still unpublished? Because I'm going to I'm going to sign up for this. Yeah. Uh, no, it is not. So its That's first issue was 1884, and its last issue was in December of 2013. Apparently. Um, it had sister publications <laughs> named Eventing Magazine and Horse Magazine and Horses in all caps. I don't know if that's, <laughs> you know, important information, but horse. horse. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Um, and then apparently Eventing was incorporated into Horse and Hound in 2015. And Horse. Oh, wait. Maybe it's still out. Oh, no. They have an online edition now. Oh, oh okay. Sign up for that. I have. Wow. I, I'm a reader that has. I'm intrigued by, by both I love how it says, So you know how there's like a wiki article and there's always like a in pop culture like yes, section. That section. For this one, it has obviously Notting Hill mentioned, and there's only one other mention of it. And it is in 1995, the film Circle of Friends. Celia Westward is shown reading this this magazine. Should we do this movie this next? It's a 90s movie. Very real magazine. Oh, my goodness. I want to know what it is. I've never even Circle heard of Circle of Friends. 1995 film, 1995 film directed by Irish filmmaker Pat O'Connor based on a novel of the same name. Um, I'm trying to tell what type of movie it is. A runtime of 103 minutes. So it is under the two hour mark. Shorter than this one. It doesn't say what uh, I need to do more Googling because it doesn't say what type of genre it is because now I want to know. Um, I mean, I'll give you the little com. I say we hunt this down and do it next so that we can do all of the uh, filmography of the Horse and Hound magazine. (laughs) We do. Three women who've been friends since childhood met at university in Dublin in 1957. Student and boyfriend life begins. 
That's literally what it says on IMDb. That's not even That's coherent English. Not grammar that makes sense. This isn't how English works. This isn't how English works. Three women who've been friends. Okay, so can I get any guesses on the IMDb star rating out of 10? Deidre, what do you think? I'll go 4.7. Sarah, any guesses? Uh, 2.4. It is 6.6. Wow. So it's obviously not that bad. <gasps> Chris O'Donnell is in it. Oh. Minnie Driver is in it. They're actually oh, some star studded. We should talk to our um, Irish oh, so friend Aiden and see if we can get a hold of this yes. movie. It is set in 1950s Ireland. I mean, it's, so. it's based oh. on uh, three women friends. So, you know. There we go. Yeah. And then they also encounter the handsome and charming Jack Foley. <laughs> rights of uh okay it's it's genre is drama and romance rated pg-13 for sexual content we'll see how chaste it is compared to this one i know it's on the list now circle of friends i've never heard of this film but i mean never in my life but now we have gotta look out for horse and hound on that one um but the horse and hound running gag was was very funny to me. I oh, really yeah. appreciated that joke. The other like very funny scene I think is the I don't even know where in the middle of the film this sits, but the scene where his friends are bringing in like a series of blind dates with these women that are all a little bit nuts. Um, yeah. Specifically the fruitarian. Mm, um, yes. Who believes that fruit and vegetables have feelings. And that only um, you can only eat fruits and vegetables that have already fallen from the tree and not plucked prematurely because those have been murdered. It's so specific. And like, are you harvesting all of your own like you must have be- to you have but to but then you-, you have to just wait and like the rabbits are going to eat it before you even get to it so yeah, that's how truly govern this woman's life in a way that like none of us can truly even and it's imagine like i'm just thinking of the amount of waste like let's pretend okay i have my own like garden because i'm so concerned about poor fruits and veggies getting murdered mm-hmm. and then i have all these like beautiful gorgeous like tomatoes and cucumbers all still on the vine i can't eat them <laughs> Can't eat them until they're going slightly rotten and falling off themselves. And then I eat them when they're rotten. Like, what a time. What a time. How is this woman still alive, to be honest? I mean, she must not eat much. But yeah, like like Sarah said, like all of the rabbits and squirrels are going to eat the the things that are still on the tree. Which might imagine living in. Yeah. Imagine living in London and never going out to eat. Truly. Truly could not because it's all I ever did when I was in London. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
Um, and then another notable uh, woman from this parade of dates is the Hollow Bones lady from 30 Rock, who was Jack Donaghy, Alec Baldwin's fiance. He's also in this movie. That yeah. was this was very a 30 surprising. Rock pre-reunion. Wow. Yeah. Um, the the 30 Rock reunion was very pre-reunion was very surprising. Um, I mean, I was not expecting Alec Baldwin to be this in this because he no. is not in the credited cast. No, this was an uncredited cameo. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't at first sure which Baldwin brother it was, but <laughs> as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, fucking Alec Baldwin's in this. I'm like, how timely. Very timely. Oh, a the little funny bit thing too is, timely. I, it was a little too soon is. to see him on my screen. I forgot. Yeah, I was like, ju- I was like, if this dude's gonna be in the rest of the movie, I was gonna be like Jessica. We might have to like pull the cord. <laughs> like, I don't want to be well, talking about Alec Baldwin about the first for two half. hours. Yeah. To be fair, no, there are like so three movies, distinct movies that happen in the first half that we could still have podcasted about. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much that happens and so much that doesn't happen. But Alec Baldwin is there. Very briefly, he's uh, Anna's douche. Yeah, he's a huge douche. He's Anna's boyfriend. And he's also apparently very famous, but he's not Alec Baldwin. He's like a different guy. His name is Jeff King. Jeff. What another gloriously boring name. Wasn't that the name of the guy from Tiger King? Did Jeff I just make that King? up? No. I don't, I don't, no. I don't know. Ty- you know what they the, did? The main guy? The main guy? No. The, the guy named Jeff that he's so angry about. I need to Google this. I know. You know no, what they did? It's Jeff they, Lowe. It's they Jeff went Lowe. to Jeff Lowe. Okay, sorry. Character, book character named generator.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they hit the randomize button yeah. and they're like, yes, Jeff King, that works. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Jeff King, oh, Anna, whatever Jeff the King hell. For the real life Jeff King, four time winner of the Iditarod Trail sled dog race in Alaska. That's why I oh, know this actually name. actually a Jeff King. Okay. Yeah, there is an actual Jeff King. I got really down a rabbit hole of uh, Iditarod and dog mushing a couple of yeah. years ago because I follow oh. this one journalist uh, who also is a dog musher, uh, mainly for the dog pictures on Twitter. I was going to say, I feel like this was as a result of you not getting a dog yet, and so you just like satiated <laughs> that by watching dogs sledding. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not, not that. Um, well, her, her Twitter is at don't... Blair Braverman if anybody wants to also follow for dog pics. But yeah, um, that's how I know the name Jeff King. Do they still do the Iditarod? They do. I um in high school we like did this whole thing where we were watching an entire Iditarod dog sledding um, weeks section. Yeah, it's very I intriguing. I like yeah. watched a live tracker of like a woman and a bunch of dogs like going across Alaska for multiple weeks at work one year. I would rather do anything that they did in this movie rather than do the I did a rod dog race. Yeah. I would Would rather go outside in in my underwear to the British paparazzi (laughs) than do the I did a rod dog race in Alaska. Yeah. That is definitely something as I would rather do. Yeah. Um, but I can't believe she had like a boyfriend and then she was like, um, like then I thought I was like, oh, are they going to like break up like her and her boyfriend? And she's like, no. 
And then eventually they did break up and then she came back to England and he was like, oh, you're here again. And it's like, ugh. Like, you know. She pulled the uh, Jed from The Bachelorette a couple of seasons ago. I broke up with her in my mind. Move. In my mind. Yeah. That's a real thing that a man said on national television. Horrifying. Horrifying. I think that like, my favorite thing to do with rom-coms is to like constantly be checking the time and be like, there's only 20 minutes left. When are they going to get together? There's only 15 (laughs) minutes left. When are they going to get together? Because they were together. And then I'm fairly, we have a group chat and I'm fairly certain they were together and there was an hour left in the film. And I was like, friends. They're together right now. There's an hour left. What more could possibly but they didn't, happen? No, but they didn't break up yet at that time. Did they ever? My question is, were they ever going out and did they ever break up? They were never boyfriend and girlfriend, so they never... They didn't DTR. Yeah. They didn't DTR. But they were... If they DTR'd, they would have gone into the fact that she was technically still with uh, Jeff King. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it cheating if you just start flirting and take uh, with a random bookshop owner? It's emotionally in cheating. London and then take a shower at his apartment. Is it is it just cheating? She's emotionally cheating. Um, and then she hung viewed, out with his friends. I viewed her relationship with Jeff King and like I could be completely wrong about this, although he does pick her up and kiss her, I guess. I kind of viewed their relationship as one of those like public relationships oh. where like celebrities get together like for the clout, but they yes. actually aren't close or like an arrangement. Maybe, yeah, or maybe in the miniseries we would get flashbacks to like her relationship with Alec Baldwin and like maybe they were in love once upon a time and now they just fell out of love or because they both travel presumably a ton they're both yeah. film stars yeah they are not really together a ton. i took it more in the like it has fizzled and like he's not the greatest guy and she's already fallen out of love with him but she just hasn't yeah. like officially ended it yet um yeah. well, which i guess is movie. kind of easier to do when you're like you know halfway around the world um right. It's not like uh, we had WhatsApp video calls at that point. Like, yeah. they would just not talk for probably, like, six months and, you know, at a time. Right, yeah, because they're both movie stars and traveling. Yeah. So it's a it's a tough relationship. Um, how do we feel about the big tabloid scandal? Uh, we kept talking about the underwear, but... What happens is, is that Anna, I believe some revealing photographs were uh, sent out in that were old in the newspaper. So she decides to uh, hide out in Will's um, home and then Spike accidentally on purpose, like boasts that Anna is hanging out at their house, which in turn was tipped off to the media and then the media swarms Will and Spike's house. I have um, a dumb question. Who's at fault here? Yeah. Can't they just stay inside? Like, I mean, maybe For the, the paparazzi next, will like, literally never leave, but like, just let it blow. Like, I mean, I know, I guess once he opens the door, like. Okay, so then okay, he opens the know. door and he's in his underwear and then she flips the fuck off at him and it's like, how could you do this? You like, you know, you revealed yourself mm-hmm. in your underwear. And he's like, I just opened the door. Like, I didn't know that it was like there was people out there. Like, and then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. in trying to get into her mind, I think 
she was mad that he did not tell her in the 30 seconds between when he opened the door and when she then opened the door wearing just his shirt. I don't know why he wouldn't scream, no, stop. I mean, he tried, like one but word. he didn't do it enough because he's British. <laughs> yeah, not that's, expressive that's enough to be like, thing. get out. And she's don't do it. not British. Don't open because the door. Yeah, I think that like this is this is maybe the crux of the issue is that he calls things spectacularly unfair and she screams her face off as us Americans are wont to do. And so maybe that is the crux of the issue of like she expects him to yell if there's paparazzi outside and he's like, um, excuse me, miss, please don't open the door because like it's just like <laughs> fucking like nothing like there's no passion. Where's Too the passion, polite. Hugh Grant? Yeah, he's trying to be too polite where what he should have been doing is basically, like, put his body in between her trying to open the door and the door. Not aggressive You absolutely should not open the door right now. Excuse me, please, sir and madam. Please step away from my house. Refrain from opening the door, please. Thank you. Yeah, too pish posh. No photographs, please. No photographs. Um, he but can yeah. do what cousin Greg does in succession, which is just yell, no comment, no comment, no, no comment, comment, no, no comment. comment, no comment. So if Sarah loves would love one thing about succession, it would literally only be cousin Greg. And that is all. I mean, um, cousin Greg is kind of the only thing that we love about succession. So he should be get the only it. thing, yeah, that anybody loves. I um, Yeah, I can't watch succession because I heard that it's basically like um, – the the, uh, Murdoch, the Sopranos yes. and I was like oh the I, Sopranos I was um, like I can't do that no it's not as like murdery as the Sopranos is so that's know. like your I don't issue. I don't want mafia stuff it's, it's not, not mafia. mafia it's, it's not bad, mafia at all energy it's not mafia <laughs> Sarah do you know what Succession is <laughs> I have zero clue what Succession is actually it's a family business like it's the, like a conglomerate like, like the Murdoch like yeah Rupert like, Murdoch. Uh, of the world, basically. My, oh, you want to hear something fun? Oliver's original name was Murdoch. Ooh, glad you changed it. That's horrible. Yeah, what a horrible. Sometimes name for we an call him Murdy. Still, Murdy, hmm. Murdy. Uh, okay. Well, what else do we like about this film? Think, should we get into some of the feedback we got? Because we did get a little bit of feedback. Ooh, nice. Sure. Alrighty. Um, so we did hear from Stefan. Um, he says when he started obsessively watching rom-coms two years ago, this film, this is the film he started with, apparently. Um, he was pleasantly surprised. The movie has a quiet and understated feel to it. I don't disagree with that statement. Um, it was a great start to a wildly up and down rom-com journey, journey, mainly starring or many starring Julia Roberts. Thankfully, this one was first because even today it remains towards the top of the list. P.S. If you get to my best friend's wedding, I will describe why is it that at the bottom of the list. <laughs> so we know top and bottom for Stefan. Yeah, this movie is definitely an ode to Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Like it's the most 90s. Yeah rom-com because it has the king and queen of 90s rom-coms as the stars yeah i mean that's a that's an excellent point it's beautiful um so like jess we always talk about like criteria about rom-coms right like it has to oh it has to have xyz it has to well so what's our what's our guidelines? i thought we were gonna get an airport get together scene um what you didn't realize didn't. is that it was just another press conference 
Yeah. Um, I think that for rom-com to rom-com properly, you need a get-together, break-up, get-back-together. Check mark Plenty on of that. that. You need two um, famous people as the leads. Check mark that. on that. Like, a, isn't it like um, a like good seat, like a good city? Did oh, we see that? Check mark on that. Mm-hmm. London, uh, Notting Hill. Um, I think kooky best friend is kind of a, a tropey type of thing. Honestly, we got that in Spades, though. So many kooky characters. Lots of um, good soundtrack. I I would call it iffy. Like I think that there are some hits, but it's not like over the moon hits. Mm-hmm. We need like a big grand gesture. Oh, we got which that. We did get. We did press get conference. that. Yep. We also got like a famous quote. I never knew that was something. I guess I should oh, say. Oh yeah, me mm-hmm. too. I never knew that I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy asking him to love her or whatever. I did not know that was from this. Yeah, movie. everybody knows that quote, and I agree. I don't. I didn't know it was from this movie. Yeah, it is yep. from this movie when she's delivering a genuine original Chagall painting of a bride with a goat playing a violin yeah Deidre you know more about art than I do is this like fancy is this like a thing people want I mean the I I don't know anybody in my life that could like fathom owning original paintings like this like this is not this is not just some guy yeah from a gallery down the street like Chagall is like an artist that you like learn about in art he's like Picasso yes but not at the level of Picasso yes got it he's big time so like to have an original painting like that's a million dollar canvas if not more yeah in 2003 it was sold at christie's for just above a million dollars holy wild and that was already 18 years ago so sarah how do you feel about this do you like you're you like art how do you feel about this art um okay to be gifted an original painting as a gift spectacular love that gift to be gifted this particular painting as a gift um i would rather drown myself in the atlantic ocean Um, and it meant something to them and then they used the violin playing goat where their quote that they say to each other is happiness isn't happiness without a violin playing goat and then on their very 90s pyramid-shaped wedding cake, they have a violin <laughs> playing a goat. I guess, yeah. like, it's something that quirky people would enjoy because they're quirky. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. like, this painting is so quirky. But they're not quirky. quirky. They're, they're not. not. Quirky. They, they they're think so that they're, They think they that they're They want to be quirky. They yeah. want to be, but, but they're the like, most They're normies that want to be fun. Yeah. They wish they were as weird as I am. Yes. Like, I like, <laughs> don't want this in my home as art. It, like, gives off bad vibes to me. Yeah. Fair. Um, okay. Kimmy oh. also sent in One feedback. more thing oh, sorry, about this art. Sorry. Yes. So no, according ahead. to director Roger Michelle in an article in EW Magazine, not you're not going to give the exclusive to Horse and Hound, by the way, the audacity. <laughs> the shade. The yeah, audacity. Um, the, painting, the painting was chosen because screenwriter Richard Curtis was a fan of Chagall's work and because La Marie depicts a yearning for something that's lost. Producers had a reproduction made for the film, but had to first get permission from the painting's owners and obtain clearance from the British Design and Artist Copyright Society. Wow. Finally, according to producer Duncan Kentworthy, we had to agree to destroy it. 
They were concerned that if it, our fake was too good, it will float around the market and create problems. The article notes that the real painting could have been between 500 and a million at that time. And then, wow. as I just said, in 2003, it was sold by Christie's, an auction house, um, for just above a million dollars. Wild. So, yep. So oh that's fun. Famous painting. If it didn't mean um, something to them, basically what happens if you get a if you get gifted an original painting worth a million dollars that you don't like is it you turn around and you sell it again at an auction house and you make bank yeah, yeah. that's the move that is the move get yeah. a really rich friends to buy you a really ugly ass painting mm-hmm. um so kimmy writes in and kimmy says that this julia roberts appreciation month pick is giving her life she really loves it and apparently we chose her absolute favorite Oh, which is life-affirming. She says, this movie is perfect. It stands the test of time. The acting is perfect. The music is outstanding. A classic montage, a chase scene. And to top it off in true 90s rom-com style, it depicts a truly unattainable love that probably ruined me for life. I love it so, so much. (laughs) That's true. We also forgot to mention that in a perfect rom-com or in a rom-com in general to fit the criteria, you need to have unattainable love. Like, no love is like this. It's very mm-hmm. true. I actually think none of us this are going to marry kind a movie of, star. No, but I think their love is realistic and attainable because it's like, where is it? <laughs> Jessica, Kimmy is the sorry, best I know. like person, like dragger ever. She's going to come after us now. I'm I know. terrified. Deidre doesn't know. Great. This is a very good movie. Yes, it's a little it long, but okay. It, On. It does even it does hold up to our modern yeah it standards. does it, it does not only just of like film quality but like this movie shows a disabled person living an absolutely normal yep. life and that they are deserving of love. Um, yeah. This movie shows a woman proposing to a man. This movie shows the main relationship in which the woman has the power and yep. asks the man out. Like this movie is uh, so much better on all of these like feminist lenses than most of the other yeah. movies from this era does it if the question as grace leader would ask does it hold up i would say yes I think yes it, it does. does on many different yeah. levels i think it holds up yeah so on paper it's the perfect rom-com so then why am i feeling this way because it was too long. Long, long and because the main characters aren't fun enough <laughs> That is my gripe with it. Is it's too long and there's not enough comedy for my personal taste, and that's Did all it what need it is more about. Drama. Taste. I don't care. Wait, they I mean, there break was some up like drama three or four times. That's not enough for you. But I guess like, the reason they break up is never like that dramatic. Like the most like interesting part for me was when we found out that the um, disabled woman was Hugh Grant's ex, and they were like, bashing. I missed that part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, that I found interesting. I was like, oh, that's some tea. Um, it's like not even spicy tea. Then, it's like lukewarm. And then like the the other main takeaway, I was like, oh, wow. Like Julia Roberts is so pretty. And yeah. I desperately want a little freckle underneath my eye. Like I would do anything for it. I don't know that Be- I noticed the Because it's so charming. How can you not notice? I have notice one under my lip. The- I have two under my lip. Oh. <gasps> No. Oh my guys, god. It, yeah. Guys. I have I have two in the corner, but they're so close to my lips that it kind of just looks like like I have chocolate. miss chocolate yeah. on my mouth. People constantly. always tell me I have chocolate on my face. It's really yeah. annoying. Also, I have a freckle on like the inside of one of my toes 
I discovered it last year. I have been on this earth for 30 years wow. and I just discovered it. Well, it probably less. popped Sometimes up freckles recently. do appear. Yeah. yeah. But on yeah. the inside of my feet seems weird. Yeah, it's no, not they like could the, pop up literally. Just make sure that it day. passes the ABCDEs and you're not getting skin cancer, please. Yeah, you should okay, go to the Someone explain what an ABCDE just stands Google for. Just Google it after the podcast. Abnormal. <laughs> something else it's like um, um the color and the like size i don't size know it's just it's all the dimensions that you have to puffiness. check to make sure no that it is like flat there's nothing there it's flat and it's tiny we are three um, pale bitches we need to we always check ourselves for skin cancer yeah i'm very everybody freckly. should check themselves for skin cancer this is apparently um, the hill i'm dying on for this podcast i mean i don't disagree didn't with this. expect it didn't seem pertinent at all <laughs> who knew we talk about skin cancer on a nodding hill podcast i'm proud Talked to report that things. my dermatologist said that all of my marks are unnoteworthy That's and she was not impressed Wonderful. by any of them amazing um proud of us okay so kimmy continues oh uh she doesn't understand how we're ever going to choose another movie surprise kimmy we already have selected one but and the funny thing is is the one that we did select is coming out um, first is not on her list (laughs) (laughs) pretty woman stepmom my best friend's wedding something to talk about the pelican brief sleeping with the enemy mystic pizza i can hardly take it it's too much let's watch them all i'm so sorry kimmy well i'm Um, happy to report our next julia roberts movie we're covering is runaway bride it is a rom-com, which is a rom-com. I'm led to believe. And it, to like believe. I said, it was released a month after Notting Hill was. And it, you know, Notting Hill took the number one spot in movies for a very long time up until uh, Runaway Bride uh, overtook it. So mm. there we Amazing. go. Julia Roberts um, domination. And, uh, you know, Kimmy loves to give us, like, questions with, like, multiple choice answers. It's her thing, Deidre. She's big on it. We appreciate it. Kimmy asks, best side character and quote or moment to back it up. Uh, Martin saying, I just thought Ghost was the most wonderful film. (laughs) Uh, Spike saying, you daft prick. Or, I went out in my goddamn underwear, too. Uh, Honey saying, I absolutely, totally, and utterly adore you, and I just think you're the most beautiful woman in the world, and more importantly, I genuinely believe, and I have for some quite some time now, that we could be best friends. <laughs> I'm so glad you have the entire quote right now. That's what Kimmy wrote. Kimmy's amazing. Or the, or as she puts it, the fruititarian, these carrots have been murdered. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fruitarian. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with uh, fruitarian as well. I think so too, but I think honey gets my like honorable mention because I do just love that. I feel like if I feel like in some ways we're all a little bit like honey where you meet someone and you're just like, we could be best friends. But like, it's usually something you think in your head. I've never yeah, done that Yeah, and also before. not like famous people. Like exactly. I have friends that essentially I have created a friendship because i knew that they would be good friends yeah so i you know closely crafted it over a series of you know months and whatnot and now we are best friends so like that is real but like not people you've never met before exactly honey's a little bit coming on too strong sometimes um and uh she also has a question for us sassiest slash most savage julia roberts line um, in the bookstore, dear Rufus, you belong in jail. It's a good one. It was a good one. Um, outside in the gardens, uh, there's no unless because no one has said whoopsie daisy for 50 years. And even then it was just little girls with blonde ringlets. I love whoopsie daisy. Yeah, we whoopsie daisy all the time, Kimmy. 
I'm more I, of an oopsie, oopsie all the time. Daisy than a whoopsie daisy. I am also an oopsie doopsie. I am also oopsie an okie dokie. Oopsie, or oopsie daisy. Oopsie doopsie. No, I say oopsie doopsie. Oopsie doopsie might be my new favorite. That's zesty. Oopsie doopsie is good. Um, and I say okie dokie. Oh yeah, literally all the time every day. Girl. Artichoke, okie dokie, artichoke. It's like it's yeah. just like fun. We say. used to do okie dokie finoki, but I don't know where that finoki. came from. Is that a thing? Is that a word? It's in my family, like a thing. A, I don't know like a if it's word. a thing though elsewhere. Finoki. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of like food. Yeah, I have Fettuccine. no idea. I mean, enoki mushrooms are a food, so maybe that's why. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, at the restaurants with douchebags, uh, no, no, I'm sure you didn't mean it. I'm sure it's just friendly banter. I'm sure you guys have dicks the size of peanuts. Loved that line. Um, at William's house, newspapers last forever. I will regret this forever. That's the one uh, that I wrote down, and my comment to myself on my notes was way harsh, Ty. It is amazing. That was very harsh. It's so rude. Um, he was like, I won't. It's Really but then bad. he's like so sad. He's like, "Well, I won't, I won't regret it forever." Oh, he's so polite in English about it. The way what he says, I think he, I no. don't remember the exact line, but he's like, "If you forgive me, I think I'll do the exact opposite." Bless your diddle, bless your damn little heart, sir. Your diddly, your diddly do heart. Diddly heart. Mm. Um, and the last line I'll she has is, "No that one speak forever." <laughs> uh, it's what she says when the person asks who he is. No one. It's a bit of an awkward situation. I don't know what he's doing here. That was very hard. It's definitely um, I'll regret this forever. And there's no, I, there's no choice. Otherwise. Yeah, that one's the the harshest. But the one I love the most, I think, is the "Dear Rufus, you belong in jail." <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Starting off strong in the movie with that one. It is. Um, and then she also has best Julia Roberts moment. Um, one day, not long from now, my looks will go. They will discover I can't act and I will become some sad middle-aged woman who looks a bit like someone who was famous. That's We talked about that earlier. Um, and in yet, the morning like, after. How, whatever, like 20 years later plus, she still looks exactly the same from oh, yeah. how she looked in this movie because <laughs> – Hollywood yeah. plastic surgery is amazing. But, I mean, has she worked recently? That's I the question. I think she's just enjoying life in New Mexico with her husband and her kids. Is she retired? Yeah. They live on a ranch in, in really? New Mexico. In Did she make the announcement she, that she's retired? That? She was in Homecoming, but that was oh, back in 2018. Yeah, was. So it's, I like, been a hot minute. I think she's just much more choosy with her roles these days. As she can be. As she she's can Julia be as fucking she Roberts. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Winston's barking, presumably at kids walking down the street. Um, in the bed the morning after, they go to bed with Gilda. They wake up with me. Men went to bed with the dream, and they didn't like when they woke up with the reality. That's fucking sad and it's horrifying. It's very depressing. I don't... Yeah. I don't know that I want to give too much credence to it. Um, no. I want to give, I no. want to have more faith in the men of the world. One would hope we'd be able to. Um, and then, of course, she has the, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. And at the press conference, indefinitely. I, I like um, the indefinitely. I think that uh, uh, indefinitely, I like that scene a lot, and I I still hold tr like true that I feel like that should have been the, the ending in the movie. Uh, we didn't need I, to I hear agree. "She" by Elvis Costello a third time over a montage <laughs> of their wedding and uh, pregnant belly. Are you telling me that? 
That is indeed <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes. I think the thing that I don't like about the fam- the most famous line from the movie that I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her is okay. Can I get so nitpicky? I mean, we should yeah. be calling people girls and boys. Thank you. I am just a woman standing in front of a man like you are not a girl he is not a boy you're both adults like it is one of my pet peeves and I can't stand it and that is why it is so hard I feel like I have to go with Sarah and give it to indefinitely because I think I think you're right I think that's like puts a fine point on the end of the film and if they just stopped it there her smile after she says it is so cute too they're both just so giggly and like cute. they're giddy. And that is when the Dominic press conference like, actually realizes again. He's so happy about yeah. it. Whoever okay. Dominic is. Yeah. I fixed it again. You know how like in. Um, She's done it again. I, in credits <laughs> sometimes like it's black credits and like it's going down. Oh, and we get but, like photos. But then you stuff. get like photos or like the little yes. box yes. with like then you it's like. Yes. credits down you see the the rectangle at their wedding yes. and then like then the more credits go down and then another rectangle of her pregnant that's what we Just needed photo that- stills instead of like yeah. another five minute montage hearing the same song for the third yeah time. i completely agree with there this. we go yes then we get it i'm to down with this edit the deidras but also we if the people want to leave the movie theater they can yeah i'm firmly like in the camp of like an epilogue is almost never a good idea i can't remember a single movie in which i've enjoyed the epilogue it's always terrible i think a movie or a show or does it not matter well uh i'm not really sure but uh because i feel like six feet under had a decent okay don't spoil that in case there's people who are trying to watch no 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 no. i will not spoil it all i will say is that they did like an epilogue type of thing and I feel like it was very well done and fit the tone of the show. Um, but by and large, I do agree with you, Deidre. Like, it's usually unnecessary. And I'm usually more of in the mindset of, like, let people imagine what the yes. rest of these lives looked like mm-hmm. instead of telling us. Yes. Um, but, you know, tis what it is. Um, and that was all we got from Kimmy. So thank you so much, Kimmy. If you ever want to send in feedback, feel free to do so at shit90spod on Instagram and Twitter and shit90spod.com. You can also send us in feedback there. Um, overall, I, I still feel like I'm very whelmed by this movie. And I wonder if it is. But the fact that Sarah is also feeling that way gives me like validation because sometimes I wonder, is it like, is this movie a movie you needed to watch when it was out? Like when it came out? For you to love it because do people love it because of nostalgia and mm-hmm. I just think it's such a quiet movie and that is why for me I'm more whelmed I need more like I need more stuff happening more of the time in a shorter movie <laughs> but Jess like are we like are you and me on like content overload because we're just coming off of interview with the vampire that literally had like everything and too much and we were like and that was also two hours it was also two hours and we came off of that it was like we have no idea what just happened to us but we like enjoyed this ride and like we're drinking but there was more action the chaos but like but are we like, like rom-com it's no, not a rom-com but i'm saying like movies like movies yeah. i'm not talking about well, rom-coms i'm, I'm talking fully about- willing to admit that i am not what you would call a movie person like if I had to choose between movies and television for the rest of my life it is the easiest decision and I choose TV I would also choose TV 
I am much, yeah, I'm much more likely to sit down and sh- put on three episodes or four episodes of a half an hour show yes. than I am to sit down and fully watch a two hour movie. I think it's and that's plotted a lot better that way. And I think it's a more manageable chunk for my brain. And the problem I think yeah. with this movie is the fact that there is that weird structure where it is almost plotted into episodes, but then it's just, it's yeah. one movie that you sit through. Um, yeah. Yeah. I refuse to believe that Sarah and I are the problem here. <laughs> See, I, okay, you guys really, I think, are maybe being harsh critics because you didn't dislike this movie. It was no. just a little whelming. It was a movie that I watched and I probably would not watch it again. I feel the same way. It's a movie I watched. I won't watch it again. Will I think of it again? Maybe. I've thought about Interview with the Vampire every day since we watched that movie. <laughs> that movie is literally ruling my life. And we've made references to it afterwards. Like, I think that yeah. Interview with the Vampire is a life-changing movie. Like, I think it literally oh, changed far. my life. It did. I think about all the time. You and me make comparisons to Louis and Lissette, like, multiple times a week. because Louis is, like, the most Pisces water sign to have and ever Lissette Pisces water is just, like, chaos. But will I talk about Notting Hill because in a week? Because characters are not entertaining enough. And that is the root of the problem is they're too boring to care about. I want to know what the hell Spike went on and did with his life. I want to know what Honey went on and did with her life. They're more interesting to me than boring ass Anna and William. Could their names be maybe they, more boring? Maybe we needed more sex. I don't know. Well, did they? They had sex like one time. But they didn't. Like and, they didn't show any of it. They show basically him yeah. lowering her shirt, and then it just like mm-hmm. fades to the next scene. I gotta say, even the like bare back wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't even like sexual. It's the least it was sexy movie. Like, it's like this movie is very chaste. Oh, uh, because it's British. It's because it's yeah. British, and I'm sorry, I'm a dirty ass American. I need some like grit. Just needs the need dirty sex scenes. <laughs> See, I don't, but I need like I need we need passion. like the bare back, but then we need like nails like scraping oh, down the word. back. I no, think the see, problem is that yeah, you're right. The chemistry for them is very understated. They don't, yes. they don't have the like magnetic uh, appeal. No, uh, as a duo of most people, which is interesting well, because both individually, especially in other roles, they're very dynamic. But particularly yeah. Julia Roberts in this movie is given really nothing to do. No, there's just not a ton of passion. And I so much of this movie is, is just her sitting there doing yeah. absolutely nothing, looking like, straight more, more ahead and saying side. yes or like, no. Yeah, I just I need more passion in everything. Like I am a passionate person. I feel my feelings very strongly and I like to express them. And in that way, I couldn't. And you know what it is, is I like a movie where I can relate to the characters. I really can't relate to either of them, of the main characters. And it's because you're a robot. Because I'm a because they're robots. I think they're the robots is the problem. They're the robots. I'm way more entertaining than they am. No offense. I am. I am. Okay. They're not like yelling. When do they yell? Like somebody yell, please. You know what I mean? Like it's just there's like there's not enough passion, romance. Like the even the romance is like you were saying, Deidre, so chaste. I just think that like this is a movie for some people. For me, it was fine. I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't like on purpose watch it again. 
I think you might feel the urge like in a year, (laughs) not like next week, but I think you might feel the urge again because so many of these classic rom-coms don't hold up and aren't actually very good. This is a very fair point. A lot of them are are like very harmful. Not even that, but like they are regurgitating really awful uh, things like certain pi- power dynamics and certain things like, oh, they need to be chased. It's like, please stop chasing people. It's not healthy. Um, if they say no, that means no. And you probably should leave them alone, not continue to pester them with your love. Um, so like certain rom-coms certainly don't hold up in that regard, but like I said, it did hold up. Yeah. It's just a very quiet, understated yeah, the movie. The chemistry like in this movie saying. is more people smiling at each other than anything Yeah, I don't else. want that. Like, I mean, I'm not the most lovey, touchy person, but like, geez Louise, like at least act like you like him. I don't Besides, know. Besides, people smiling. are going to be mad. I'm gonna, I'm upset if people are going to be mad at me, but you know what? It is what it is. It's a tough job. Someone's got to do it. I right, don't Sarah? think people are going to be mad at you because I don't think either of you actually disliked this movie. No, but is it worse to be apathetic towards it? It is. It's, I'm not sure that it is. <laughs> it is. It's worse. To In be my line of work, it's worse. Me. Okay, fair enough. But did we not have more than enough to talk about? Oh, we had a great time. Like I love the podcast and I love talking all about it. Um, which is great. Like that's to me, that's a sign of something that at least we were able to find things to talk about. Like this movie could have been so much worse in that I felt like I had nothing to talk about. Imagine, imagine stopping down as if this were a mini series and kind of like doing that as an exercise, like podcasting about each quote unquote episode of. It needs more comedy if it's a mini series in my opinion. I mean, fair, but. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Um, Just in case anybody wants to take that and uh, and roll with it. Roll with it. Yeah. Get Julie Roberts involved. But you could. She's hanging out on a ranch, you know, get her involved. Yeah, take take it up uh, through the Horses and Hounds Scenic Byway of Maryland. (laughs) Take it for a spin on a Sunday drive. Amazing. Um, Deidre, thank you so much for joining us yet again for another pleasure, as always. Thank you for also working. accommodating my puppy schedule. Oh yeah, we're. I mean, we're excited for the puppy pics. That's we for are. Sure. I mean, aren't that's at we the top all? of the list. I'm excited to take them. I'm excited to share them. I'm excited to stare at them on my phone when I can't be staring at the actual dog. It's like you know you're a dog owner when all of a sudden you go through your like a camera gallery file and it's literally just dog, dog, nothing but dogs. I That's mean, it. The whole I thing. haven't been a dog owner thus far in my life, and that is still what my camera phone yeah. exists of. It's gonna escalate significantly. Oh yeah, I have a folder of Benji pics. Is nearly five thousand pictures is just. <laughs> Benji. <laughs> just Benji doing Benji things. Yes. Just Benji, Benji is uh, Deirdre's, Deirdre's childhood dog that is at her mom's house. Yes. So not my childhood dog because my parents actually got him after I left home for college. Oh, so I misunderstood. The replacement. Dog. Yeah, yeah, he replaced the replacement. me. Yeah, my mom's yeah. going to listen to this. Oh, he's like your sibling. I understand. Me. He didn't replace you. Nobody could replace you. But well, my mom couldn't Mrs. go Deidre's 10 mom, days we do know that. to replace me with a dog. So. Oh, wow. We know the true tea. It's true. We know the true tea. But yeah. Um, Deidre, do you have anything to plug? What do you have going on? Anything you'd like to tell us about um, before we let you go? Um... I don't think I have anything to plug. Um, I can't even 
can't even pretend to think that I have well, anything going on besides uh, training a puppy. But you could follow him. <laughs> He's on Instagram already at at Pup. <laughs> There we I go. love that this is the plug. This Amazing. is my plug. We love it. Uh, I mean, you know, you can do it if you want. Uh, that's where Murphy Pictures will be. Otherwise, I mean, you can find all three of us on the Posture Recaps Discord, which is where I spend most of my time. Yes, I I am there now. I have arrived you are there. there now. It's, it's fun. Yes. yes. Postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon if you'd like the to The PSR Patreon with her presence. And we have... Uh, not recovered from it because we will never recover because we love Sarah. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I'm definitely uh, finding my footing in the PSR. You got to find your place. Some people are a snacks channel people. Some people are like purely in the pets zone. Some people are D&D people. It's just all about finding your little spot in the best corner of the Internet, basically. Um, Sarah, what else do we have coming up on the wonderful month that is November? Yeah, so as we mentioned previously, our second Julia Roberts movie we are covering is Runaway Bride with Kurz, who I podcasted with at the Wombat Water, uh, Coconut Water podcast. Um, so very excited to podcast with them. And then... In addition to that, I'm coming to visit you in a few weeks, uh, and we are putting up a poll. Uh, DJ, you could be like our first vote. Okay, um, let's hear it. So, yeah. So, when we're together, should we podcast about either A, um, the pilot of Felicity, B, a AMA, C, um... It was a random movie that, like, random, either we pick or somebody else picks. A movie that, like, the audience will choose. Um, or D. What was D? Oh, it was, like, a sporkle quiz quizzes. for, like, 90 for 90s. things to see how we do. Yeah. What should we What should we do? I say What's do sporkle quizzes. Oh, sporkle okay. Quizzes slash AMA. I think you can combine the two. Fair. You, we could do that we if we ran. We could yeah. do that. Now, I did say that if you guys choose AMA, then... I promise to answer any single question that you would possibly ask, no matter how uncomfortable. Sarah, that is some vulnerability. (laughs) I promised that I would do it, and Jess said that she would too. So I said maybe most likely, but my husband does listen to the podcasts, and so I have to be very careful. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Is there any questions that you've been dying to ask me, Deidre? I probably not, but. I mean, I uh, I just love everything that I've ever known and learned about you. But uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, off the top of my head, this is like some you know, this is a lot of pressure. I know. Um, you can yeah. ask me if the AMA gets voted for. We but, can, but um, we can we can do a uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy for today. Oh, uh, Reese's. Eh, standard. I'm basic. Mm, I love a Reese's. Yeah, it's What's so your good, favorite Reese's product? Um, I am a uh, loyalist. Just the the main Reese's. The standard Whoa. big. I feel like this is a hot take yeah. now. Why is that a hot take? Because I most mean, people are like, yeah. "Well, give people me the, the give me the big cup, give me the pumpkin, no. give me the Christmas tree." Jess, you know, I believe it's loves all about the, fast the break. The fast break is where it's at. I am a fast. I'm a fast break loyalist. Like I have not. I am always going to buy a fast break over a regular Reese's. I love a nougat. Nougat's like a nougat shit. is underrated. Did you know that in no. Britain they pronounce it nougat? 
I did not. <laughs> but now I'm now happy. Now you do. Also, I found out that in Australia, they pronounce algae, algae. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knew? Hard wow. G. Hard G on that one. Amazing Stunning. things. We're learning Stunning. so much. Never, never known before. <laughs> you can learn all of this and more. And more. Uh, and more. <laughs> Uh, at shit90spod on Twitter and Instagram. You can send in feedback at shit90spod.com. Um, and you can find me at Sarah Ferguson and Jessica. What's up with you? I'm at the Just Sterling on Twitter. Um, as always, you can find me at Posha Recaps on the Community Building Podcast, which Deidre has come on, yes. as well as Sarah. Both of you have been on it. Um, and on the, the Succession Building Podcast. podcast. Yes. Building a community. Being of friends. friends with Jess pays dividends. She invites <laughs> really you on does. her podcast. If that is the goal, then yes, it certainly. Does. I have I've always thought that for for years and years that we could sincerely be best friends. <laughs> and it did happen. If that's you, um, talk to Jess, and maybe she'll invite you on her podcast. Also true. Yeah, if you want to be friends with me, also go in the Bosher Recaps Discord because <laughs> I'm literally there all the time. Um, but yes, also on Succession with Grace Leader and Josh Wiggler. Loving season three. So go check all of that stuff out at Posher Recaps. Um, give it a follow. Give it a listen. I think that's like pretty much all I have going on. If I have anything else, I'll plug it on my Twitter. So go check that out. This was so much fun. I greatly enjoyed myself. As much as I was whelmed by the movie, I was overwhelmed with joy to podcast today with both of you. Um, Always what so a lovely fun. time. And we didn't even get interrupted by a single trick-or-treater. We have not. Not yet. I'm surprised. I would have thought by, we're for uh, just to place this in time, it is nearly 4 p.m. Eastern um, on Halloween, and I have not yet gotten interrupted for candy. I do have to run out and grab dinner, and I kind of feel guilty. I might leave my bowl outside because I do feel a little guilty about it, but then they'll probably just steal all the candy. You could always, I don't know what I'm going to do. You could do the thing where you leave a bowl, but it's an empty bowl, and then... Uh, what if I leave a bowl, but there's only a few pieces left? Yeah. So they do get candy, yeah. but then I still get to hand it out yeah. to the cute kids. Yeah, you still get to hand it out, and real. it's all stolen by, like, yeah. one greedy teenager who's like, yeah, I'm going to dump this true. whole bowl in my garbage bag. This is the move. Because the thing is, friends, for those of you, I mean, Halloween's over, but we're still talking about it. The thing is, is that the only reason I enjoy Halloween is because I don't even like kids. Um, I like when dog when kids compliment my dog and his cuteness and I dress him in a costume and he answers the door with me and every single time I get a oh my god he's so cute like and I'm, I'm in, and he's in his best spirits I'm in my best spirits it's a great time for all honestly I mean yourself a dog put him in a costume so cute, answer the door so it's fair he is cute yeah he's a popcorn yeah I will and if he's you're, a, he's if a popcorn, you're a, a time popcorn. traveler living in the uh, New York capital region and you go back to Halloween 2021 and you know, knock on Jess's door, just remember to say, oh, your dog is so cute. And she'll give you extra candy. It's a candy. requirement if you want candy. If you want extra candy, tell me my dog is cute. Yeah. So, yeah, um, anytime travelers is- <laughs> in the New York capital region. Exactly. Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a good one. We will talk to you next time. Just Bye. Shit 90 shows taught me. Shit 90 shows taught me.